Year after year after year, I hear people tell me that they do not want to pay large subscription fees or for memberships to be able to get access to content related to safety. So me and my friends here at Safety FM have come up with an idea called Safety FM Plus. This is a video streaming service that allows you to have some downloadable document content available readily wherever you are. You can go to the website safetyfmplus.com or go to the Apple Store app and download it for your iPhone, iPad, or even Apple TV. It's also available on Android and Android TV, Roku, and Fire TV. We want to be wherever you are. So to get you started, you can come to the website or download the apps as we just discussed. The other great portion about this is that if you sign up right now at safetyfmplus.com, you will get a downloadable version of Simple Revolutionary Acts, the first book by Dr. Todd Conklin as part of your membership to get into this. So go right now to safetyfmplus.com to find out more information. That is safetyfmplus.com. program is rated M-A-L-S-V. It contains strong language, sexual situations, and violence. It is intended only for mature audiences. Finally, show with the balls to call it like it is. Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Countdown to audio torture. The Rated R Safety Show starts in three, two, one. Ah, let the eardrum pain begin. Forget the corporate bullshit. This is the Rated R Safety Show with your host, Dr. Uh, it doesn't matter who the host is. Well, welcome to another glorious edition of the Rated R Safety Show. We are broadcasting live from the Safety FM studios in Orlando, Florida. Today's Monday, February the 15th of 2021, also known as the 50% off day, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Today is day 46 of the year and only 319 days remaining before it is all set and over with. Well, anyways, hopefully you're off to a great start on this glorious Monday and this lovely Monday and all that kind of fun stuff. And you're ready to get rolling and moving and grooving and all that kind of fun stuff as we are moving and going about. Anyways, we are streaming across the multiverse of Safety FM, as you already are aware, and we're also broadcasting here. We are radio. We are sarcasm. We are both combined. Radio Big. So there you go. We are also hanging out on RadioBig.fm, live and available via the Live 365 app. Don't worry. We are running all day long on the Live 365 app with Radio Big. Also, if you kind of, I mean, and we hang out live there, just so you know. And then the other portion that we kind of do all day long as well, if you're not aware with this, is the Safety FM app that you can download and have consistent radio network quality stuff coming across all day long depending on what you want to take a listen to and all that kind of fun stuff anyway so let's get into the normal move and groove of things going on so let's take it from the very top today so we start talking on mondays on exactly what is trending inside of the world so let's talk about those things real quick according to the newest trends going on right now these were some of the hashtags that you were able to find over the weekend so let's go from there hashtag trump 2024 was trending after it was announced that the former president donald trump was acquitted in his impeachment trial for the second time 
it should come as no surprise as anyone capable of doing a simple math could figure out that the numbers just weren't there. So there you go. Uh, another thing that was hashtagging over the weekend was Valentine's Day. We'll go figure there. Landed in the top 10 on Twitter trends on Sunday as the social media users shared their romantic plans, posted photos of gifts that they received or bashed the Hallmark holiday for making single people feel more alone. So there you go. That's what was going on there. Also, another thing that was trending was Lorraine. Lorraine was trending over the weekend after Lorraine Gauze, daughter of Lamberidi, trophy designer, called for Tom Brady to apologize for throwing the trophy from his boat to another boat during the Bucks Super Bowl parade. I must have missed that one. But then again, I don't watch parades, so there you go. That could be a good reason why I didn't watch it. Anyways, Careless Whisper made the rounds on Sunday after Twitter users asked followers to name a good song that has a saxophone on it. The George Michael hit nearly reached the top 10 as users shared themselves belting out the single <laughs> the single, or honoring the late singer. So there you go. Also, yesterday was the hashtag of Daytona 500 was trending on Sunday as the 63rd annual race opened the new NASCAR Cup Series season. By the way, Sasha Banks did wave the flag before everything got called off, but still, yeah, she was there. Yeah, Mercedes, just in case. Just in case, Mercedes for some, but Sasha Banks to me. Anyways, let's continue. Prince Harry landed in the top 10 trending tweets on Sunday following the announcement that the royal is a soon-to-be father of two. More baby news. I guess we'll come up later about that if you're so inclined and interested in hearing on what's going on over there with them doing the thing. Did I say doing the thing? Wow, what the hell's wrong with me? Anyway, so let's continue talking real quick. So right now, we're going to do the important part. We're going to get the pro broadcasters to come in, talk about what they talk about. We'll do that. And then I'll come back, give you some more of my nonsense, you know, here on the Rated R Safety Show. Here is the news on the Rising Bar Safety Show. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Protests have continued in Myanmar despite an increased military presence in the country's cities. Armoured vehicles have appeared in a number of locations with reports of nighttime raids on homes. Demonstrators are calling for democracy to be restored after a military coup earlier this month. The first passengers are checking into UK government-designated coronavirus quarantine hotels. New restrictions apply to passengers arriving in England from designated red-list countries and all air travellers landing in Scotland. People have to pay to spend 10 days in isolation. The opposition Labour Party says the policy should apply to all international arrivals. Health Secretary Matt Hancock says it's working well so far. We've got over 10,000 rooms booked, uh, but we also have further rules rooms available Uh, should we need them. The reports I've had are that things have gone smoothly, but obviously we're working very closely with the the airports and with uh, the border force and also with security contractors and those who work in the hotels. Zimbabwe has received its first batch of 200,000 doses of a Sinopharm vaccine donated by the Chinese government in the fight against coronavirus. Daniel Kijo reports from Dar es Salaam. Zimbabwe's government has confirmed receiving its first delivery of 200,000 doses of Sinopharm. The consignment was received at the Robert Gabriel Mugabe International Airport in the capital city of Harare. The Chinese coronavirus vaccine was donated by the Chinese government, while another batch of 600,000 doses purchased by Zimbabwe is expected to arrive early next month. According to the rollout plan, vaccination priority will be given to frontline workers such as health professionals and immigration agents working at borders. As of Sunday, the government reported 35,104 COVID-19 cases and almost 1,398 deaths. Many more doses beyond this batch of 200,000 will be necessary to achieve herd immunity in Zimbabwe. Daniel Kijo, Dar es Salaam. The death toll in a flash flood in northern India has risen to more than 50. Officials say there are more than 150 people still missing in the disaster in the state of Uttarakhand, which has been linked to a glacier collapse. Our correspondent Rebecca Bundan reports from Mumbai. 
Rescue teams are still looking for people who are missing following the disaster in the mountainous area. Rescuers over the weekend pulled out several bodies from a tunnel at a power project in Chimoli and Uttarakhand, where they had been trying for a week to reach workers who were trapped following the flood. It is feared that the death toll is likely to rise further, although officials have said they remain hopeful that they'll find some survivors. A team of scientists are investigating the cause of the incident. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This show is almost as enjoyable as hearing the sound of the toilet flush. Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat and I'm doing a downward dog and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. I do not love him. Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. He's a man. (laughs) It's awesome, funny, random, doesn't make any sense, but it's good. Jay Allen in the morning on Radio Safety FM are not responsible for what this idiot behind the microphone is saying. He is trying to be entertaining. Rated R Safety Show. Well, I would imagine, of course, we're always trying to be something around here, that's for sure. Anyway, so here you go. It is 10 minutes past the top of the hour. You are still hanging out here on the Rated R Safety Show. Make sure to keep it locked on as we do continue to go forward and talk about the things that are going on according to the shit list. So here you go. Auckland, New Zealand is in a three-day lockdown after family of three tested positive for the coronavirus. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced the decision on Sunday after a meeting with other top lawmakers. The rest of the country will be placed under heightened restrictions, but will not go into lockdown. The lockdown is the first in New Zealand in six months. So there you go. Talk about some things changing in the overnight. That's exactly what's going on right there. So there you go. Some interesting information. That is for sure as we do talk about it. Okay, so let's continue talking. Bumble founder, Bumble founder and CEO Whitney Wolf Heard became the world's youngest self-made female billionaire last week after shares of the dating app company surged during the initial public offering. Forbes reported that the 31-year-old's net worth hit $1.5 billion on Thursday after Bumble stock closed at $70.31 per share. She owns about $21.5 4 million shares, which is valued at about $8 billion. Also, Wolf Heard is the youngest female chief executive to take a company public in America. 31? I'm kind of surprised. I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked on that one. I mean, not saying that 31 is old because that's going to come across the wrong way because that's definitely not what I'm meaning there. But I would have thought that it would have been a little bit younger. I mean, just saying. I mean, not picking. I mean, and that's for anyone. I would have figured. But hey. Good for her. That's $1.5 billion. I mean, I don't care how you do it. 
I don't care if you're 700 and you're, you know, $1.5 billion. Still $1.5 billion, regardless of how you did it. Anyway, so there you go. Congratulations to her and, you know, whatever the hell she's doing next. Anyways, continue talking here. Six Siberian brown bears who had been rescued from people's homes turned on their rescuers while being freed during a wildlife conservation project in Iraq last week. Photographers caught the moment that the cages were opened and the raging bears at the uh, charge at the crowd of onlookers. Oh, that sounds like a fun time. Head of the organization, Blend Pranaski, said that the similar incident occurred back in 2018 after reporters were attacked by three bears who were being released in the same mountain range. Hmm. Okay, pattern recognition. Let's take a look at that. It is unclear. It is unclear <laughs> if anyone suffered any major injuries. Oh, yeah. Let's just talk about the traumatic effects of, a, you know, a bear just bum-rushed you. Because, you know, eh, nothing major occurred there. Just, you know, it was just some thinking. Just some thinking. I mean, come on. What kind of bullshit is that? Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Okay, don't know if you heard about this one, but multiple people were hospitalized after a fire broke on out on a balcony on the 51st floor of the Cosmopolitan Hotel Saturday night. Clark County firefighters who responded with 10 engines and four ladder trucks were able to extinguish the blaze and keep it from spreading to other floors. Gods of the fire is still under investigation. 51st floor, giant ladders, giant ladders. What the hell, dude? What the hell? So there you go. I mean, so that happened. Yeah, that happened. Uh, so of course, you know, we have to talk about it because if it doesn't pop up in the news, something's definitely wrong, but we have to talk about Florida, Florida. So let's talk about it. Authorities in Florida uncovered a drug dealing operation being run out of a China, a Chai town, Chai town, Italian beef and hot dogs. Here we go. After a month of long investigation, detectives attempted to take the restaurant owner, Louis Younglove. Yeah, Louis Younglove. What kind of operations do you have going on? Um, into custody and execute a search warrant while he was driving to work, but he tried to flee and crashed into an unmarked police car. When Younglove was eventually taken into custody, he was alleged in possession of large amounts of cocaine, marijuana, edible THC, fentanyl, ecstasy, Xanax, oxycodone, hydrocodone, Adderall, and overall about $18,000 in cash. He faces a a barbarity of drug trafficking charges. Okay, who the hell goes around with $18,000 in cash? That's number one. And what the hell are you thinking, man? I mean, seriously. Cocaine, marijuana, edible THC, fentanyl, ecstasy, Zanny, oxycodone, hydrocodone, Adderall. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, seriously? Like, I don't get it. I mean, like, I really don't get it. Like, don't get it, don't get it. But whatever. I mean, you got caught. You got busted with whatever the hell you had going on. But some crazy times here. That's for sure. Wow. That's a lot of drugs. It's a lot of cash, too. Hmm. And young love. Ha! Huh, what a joke. Oops! What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. So, you know, when you hear about that anybody could be a millionaire, really think about this, especially as I tell you this next story, because I think you might find it quite amazing as I do say it. An 80-year-old border collie named Lulu is a millionaire, according to... Yeah, according to... Late owner Bill Doris, his beloved pooch, was in, has inherited $5 million in trust, in trust upon his death. Doris had no wife or children to gift the funds to. Lulu is currently living in Martha Burton, 88, Martin with Martha Burton, who is 88, who cared for the dog during Doris' frequent business trips. Burton said that the goal is to spoil the dog rotten with the money. So do you think uh, Martha here is going to be spending any of these uh, $5 million? I'm just asking. Looking for some investors. No, I'm just joking. I mean, but seriously, how the hell do you spend $5 million on a dog? I mean, I don't know. I do not come from the world of the rich and the famous. 
So I will not know how you spend $5 million on spoiling a dog rotten. I mean, it seems like a lot of money to do stuff with. Anyways, let's continue talking. A family whose dog went missing just days before Hurricane Harvey in 2017 has been reunited with their beloved pet. What the hell? What the hell wrote all these stories today? I mean, what the hell is going on? Is it dog loving day? I mean, what the hell, dude? During the move from one Houston suburb to another, Maddie got lost, according to the Forgotten Pet Advocates, a nonprofit that helps rescue pets. While the pubs was microshift, and the family said that they didn't know how how to update the information after the move. Oh, my God. Then last Friday, a volunteer, while the nonprofit found Maddie wandering the streets but could not track down the family because out of, out of the, chi- the chip was out of date, the information was. Q Social Media, Facebook group named Lost Dogs of Texas, which helps track <laughs> trace pets owners down difficult or difficult or dead end micro trips. What? I found Maddie's owners, their new address within 24 hours. A reunion was documented to the, gr- to the Facebook group. How the? Okay. I'm glad these people found their dog. I mean, let's just not be, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm not because great. Good for you. Blah, 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 blah. All that other horse shit. But oh my God, how the hell are we talking about this? Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. You are listening to something magical. (laughs) You're listening to the Rated R Safety Show. Okay, so let's continue talking. Hopefully not a dog related story, but let's go from there. The FDA has granted Moderna permission to increase the number, the number, the number of coronavirus vaccine doses per vial from 10 to 14. Moderna currently currently provides half of America's vaccine supply with Pfizer providing the other half. Meanwhile, the FDA currently is considering an emergency use authorization for Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, I did say Johnson & Johnson, single-dose COVID vaccine. So there you go. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, unfortunately, there is no cat stories today. Thanks for the question. I mean, who knows what else we're going to be talking about? Maybe rhinos at the next point, serpentines and serpents and maybe some even some hamster infusion if it before it's all set and done i mean who the hell else knows what the hell's going on around here safety in a way never heard of before the rated r safety show on safety fm Okay, despite new coronavirus cases dropping below 100,000 for the first time in months, experts maintain that strict guidelines must still be followed to slow the pandemic. The seven-day rolling average was about 200,000 for the month of December before jumping over 250,000 in January, according to John Hopkins University. The number of new cases fell under 100,000 on Friday for the first time since November the 4th and stayed below that through the weekend. The U.S. recorded more than 27.5 million cases and more than 484,000 deaths since the beginning of the pandemic, according to the John Hopkins data. So let's talk about that real quick before we go too soapboxy here. I mean, I want you to think about it as I do mention this real quick. So we're talking that Auckland and New Zealand, of course, hold on. Yeah, Auckland and New Zealand. I I was like, my brain just went dead all of a sudden. Auckland and New Zealand has decided that they are changing what they're doing based on three people getting it. And we're talking about the number now going below 100,000. I mean, it's kind of interesting on how the differential works. And I'm not saying, hey, lock it down, close it up, and, you know, throw the key out. That's not the case. But it's interesting on how different states are doing different things. Depending on the state that you're in, it can vary significantly. I was talking to a friend out of, of mine out of Texas over the weekend, and they were talking about how a lot of it's business as usual. They referenced the Austin area, which, hey, Austin is cool. I mean, let's be realistic. If you're going to be in Texas, I would say Austin or Houston would probably be the places to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love all the friends that I have out in those areas. But if I was going to move back, that would be probably one of the two places that I would go to. I would consider the Metroplex. But I like Austin a little bit better. Um, But anyways, that's not the point. But they're saying that things are pretty much as normal. 
And I will tell you, in the area that I'm in, in this glorious state of the sunshine, there is a lot of things that are open as well. I mean, let's be realistic. You go to somewhere like California, everything is closed. And you're noticing more and more that a lot of people are leaving leaving the areas such as California because of all the restrictions and the lockdowns and the close downs of everything going on and going to states like Texas and going to states like Idaho. And I mean, and going to just places like Washington state, not so much DC because there's a little bit more opportunities and freedoms in those states. And of course, cost of living is significantly less, not, probably not so much Washington, but it is probably still less than some of the areas in California. But as you look at it and you hear about it, what are you thinking? I mean, do you think that it should be more of a overall mandate or do you think it still needs to be state specific now i'm just asking the question some people think that the restrictions are stupid that's the reality of the scenario some people think that they're good some people think that there should be more enforcement i mean and i know there's always the strange conversation of hey now we should wear 15 masks i mean i'm one or two masks but there you go i mean it's a lot of strange stuff i mean a lot of strange stuff when you start talking about it and thinking about it for sure i mean let's not lie here but I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is. I don't know what the wrong thing is. I just know that there's a lot of information out there and not sure what to do. But you look at some of these other countries and you you hear three, which does not sound like a lot. If you really think about numbers compared to 100,000. And they're closing that whole area up. It's just amazing on which is considered right and which is considered wrong or which is good and which is bad. I mean, just something to think about overall, really. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Okay, don't know if you heard about this one, but a BLM protest in Manhattan turned violent on Friday night. Yeah, didn't. don't know if you know this. Here's what happened. The NYPD reported that two officers suffered minor injuries during the melee, which was attended by about 100 people. Daily News photographer Sam Contessa was attacked after one of the protesters assumed that he was a cop. About a dozen of people surrounded the photog, shoving him and beating him with their fur, with their fists and other objects. Officers said that Contanza was able to get away with minor injuries. You know, I always kind of wonder, what the hell does that mean when people say minor injuries? Like, if I broke my arm, is that considered a minor injury, or is that something pretty severe? I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, I don't know. How do you look at it? I mean, there's a number of things to think about for sure, as we do talk about it. But what is considered a minor injury? I mean, maybe a minor injury to me is much different than what it is to you. I don't know. Just stuff to think about, for sure. So there you go. That's what's going on on that neck of the woods. More stuff to think about as we do talk some more right here on the Rated R Safety Show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the home of real safety talk. You are listening to Safety FM. We'll be right back. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. 
Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You never knew you cared about. Rated R Safety Show. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the stuff going on inside of the world. And, well, we can probably name it a main story. Here is our main story on the Rated R Safety Show. Okay, so let's talk about the world that we're currently in. We talk about it all the time. Anyways, 28 minutes past the top of the hour, you are still hanging out on RadioBig.fm, or you might be hanging out on SafetyFM.com, or you could be listening to, on to the various versions of the podcast or watching us via the streamer. But as we go into this this morning, let's talk about what we're seeing more and more of. People are dying to get into place to go do a live event, go to some live speeches, go to a live conference and all that kind of fun stuff. And everybody is wanting to be the first to do it, that my event is going to be the first event to go out there and do the things that need to be done. Just what's going on. I'm seeing more and more conversations. I'm seeing a lot more people wanting to talk and doing some stuff in person. I will tell you as we speak right now, I think I'm up to five of people trying to book me to go to live events over the next month and a half to go in person and do a speech or something along those lines, which is perfectly fine. No problem there. But here's the funny part. I don't really think that people are going to go. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth of what I'm thinking. So it becomes this whole thing of, well, do you think, based on your experience, meaning mine, when they're talking to me, saying, do you think that the hybrid is the version to go with? Do you think we should do half and half? Do you think we should have some people there in person? Do you think we should do it virtual? Do you think we should do it fully virtual? And this is where it starts getting a little bit crazy. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say here about the following where all of a sudden these events that might cost several hundreds of dollars to go to, sometimes even close into the thousands of dollars, are now saying, we're going to give you 50% off. So here's where it gets interesting for me. If you are offering 50% off for people to go to these events in person, who's taking the risk for their health? Because if you decide to discount this thing by 50%, what's the purpose of the discount? Are you looking at it and you're saying, I'm not getting that many attendees, so this is why I'm doing the 50% discount? Or do you know that there's something actually wrong and that's why you're doing the discount? Now, it's something to think about here. And I'm not picking, I'm just asking. Because as you are aware, us us consumers are going to know that something's up. Somebody just doesn't offer a 50% discount for the sake of doing it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm having a lot of questions here when it comes to it. I'm having a lot of doubts on, on what should be done. I'm having a lot of questions, thoughts of how this should work. Because if you're invited to a conference or you get an email or whatever, email marketing, and they tell you, come in, and it's going to be 50% off. I mean, unless they're giving you, giving you some kind of discount because they just think you're the greatest person on the planet, you're probably going to have some doubts on why they're offering you a discount. So my question to you becomes this. Is that 50% discount worth the risk? Because most of these conferences, depending on where you go, Number one, they're not in the number one. They're normally not in the area that you live. You go and you have to fly there or whatever. So now we're talking car ride, flight, car ride. And then that depends on what you want to do. If you're Ubering it up or if you're not Ubering it up or if you're not lifting it up. 
But there's a lot of things to think about there as you talk about it, because think about it for a moment. If you go through the different processes, you're going through, you know, different levels of things and depending on how far the thing is. So at what point do you think it's okay to go? Now, I will tell you, I talk to some friends of mine all the time and they're telling me, don't do anything until 22. I mean, we are in February and we're talking 22. And let's be realistic. I offer video on demand. I offer stuff that's available virtually. I mean, we do have a class going on tomorrow. But not everybody loves that. I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, it is limited technology. It is limited technology on what you can do. Think about it for a moment. I kind of call it like interactive TV is really what it boils down to. And I, and I and you can look at it several different ways, for sure. Because you can look at it and go, okay, well, imagine when people get excited on watching TV and when they're watching sports and all that stuff. And I guess you can call it that. But there is a number of things that are missing. Because think about it for a brief moment. And I mean, let's just be realistic. When you look over to your friend, to your colleague who's sitting at the table with you, it's slightly different than when you're watching TV by yourself. And then let's be realistic. If you get that Zoom giant wall thing, then you have 3,000 different... Okay, let me kind of go down. You have several different people that are in that same room with you that you're seeing if you do it in that fashion where everyone can be seen. And I don't know if that makes things better because then everybody's like this little miniature square on your screens. I will tell you, yesterday, and this is not a joke, I was invited to a virtual event that's five days. Four, four of the five days is 10 hours a day. Yeah, 10 hours a day. Listen, I know I can watch a lot of stuff, but 10 hours a day is quite crazy when you start taking a look at it. But it's the craziest thing when you start thinking about it. We're talking over 40 hours in a chair watching stuff on a screen. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that I don't tend to uh, to make sense out of. I mean, I'm not going to sit for 40 hours and watch something. But as I look at this more and more and go, okay, when you do this in-person event, how are you going to measure all of these things? How is this going to be responsible as the event organizer? How is this going to be responsible as a participant in regards of meeting all the COVID guidelines? And I mean, right now, a couple messages popping in. It's a trap. It's it's not the conference. It's the two weeks quarantine when I return home is some what some people are saying inside of here. But I mean, it's some stuff to think about. Because if you're doing all of this, how is it going to be when you get back? And I've been in conversation with some, and this is not a joke, about what if we provided a shot, which I don't know even know how you get qualified for that. So imagine going to one where you're getting vaccinated. I mean, I guess that's something else to think about. But there, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's a lot of stuff to think about. I look at it and I go, what's right and what's wrong? What's correct and what's incorrect? And I mean, and let's be realistic. The virtual thing, and I can say this because this is something that I provide, kind of gets old too. I mean, it just does. I mean, you can only do so many interaction screens, interactive things that are going on here. It's just the way that it goes. I mean, I look at it and I go, it's kind of crazy. That's for sure. A lot of stuff. But I don't know. When you look at this whole thing, if you were to be offered right now 50% off of a virtual event, would you go? I mean, it's just something to think about. Let's see. The Martin County Fair in Stewart, Florida, is doing rapid COVID tests before entry. You know, but it's kind of a weird thing because let's be realistic. 
they tell you that if you've been in contact, and I'm talking about the medical experts, tell you that if you've been in contact with somebody that has COVID, it could take up to four days before you see anything. So it's something to think about for some or somehow. I mean, it's just the craziest thing. So if you go and you're, I mean, you won't even know. I mean, you could go right now to using the example that I was just giving. And you might come in contact with someone. It might be four or five days before you even realize that you have it. So I don't know. I'm kind of lost for um for thought process there on what should be done. And it's just, it's a little, it's scary about the risk that you have to take in return of. It's scary what you have to do for that. Just one of those things that I think about all the time and go, I don't know, is the risk worth the reward? And I'm sure that when people saw the 50% off discount thing today, I was going to be talking about my favorite subject. You know, all that Valentine's Day candy that was uh, that was being sold over the weekend. Well, today it's marked 50% off. You want to know why? Because not all lovers participated in it. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. This is Jay Allen from Safety FM. You know, you heard a little bit of everything so far in regards of what you can do with safety. But what if we had to take a look at it now and really reconfigure the way that safety is looked at? And that's what the conversation's about starting February the 16th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come and hang out with me as we talk about safety being reconfigured in the way that you look at it now. Throughout the years, I am sure that you have changed the way that you look at safety. But now we need to take the time to change the way that safety is being done inside of organizations. So come out to safetyfm.io for this live virtual class at safetyfm.io for this live virtual class on February the 16th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And let's talk about how we can reconfigure safety the way that it should be. I can't wait to see you there on February 16th. You're still hanging out here, Rated R Safety Show. And this is Andre Aguado with Adios coming to you this morning. This song is readily available on iTunes and Spotify. And I'd like to thank Andre for letting us play it here on the Rated R Safety Show. Yeah, there you go. Some techno or soft house, depending on how you want to take a look at it. So that's what's going on there. Anyway, so fun times, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to think about. We're still hanging out across the multiverse of Safety FM, 41 minutes past the top of the hour, just for you to be in the loop. Anyways, don't know if you heard about this one, but let's start talking about it. Ashley Judge is detailing how she became involved in a catastrophic accident which nearly lost where she nearly lost a leg while doing a con- conservation work in the Democratic Republic of the Congo speaking from her hospital bed judge explained that the faulty headlamp made it difficult for her to see as the excursion and then she tripped over a fallen tree breaking her leg in four places and suffering nerve damage judge is currently recovering an icu trauma unit in south africa hospital and is unable to walk she says that she took a 55 harrowing hours to get her from the rainforest to the hospital and where she had surgery to save her right leg so there you go that's according to yahoo news and that is what's going on right there okay so a lot of that's kind of an interesting thing didn't know that that had happened just found that this morning anyways let's talk about shooting the bull losing more than your appetite a drug that suppresses appetite has helped some people lose more than a fifth of their body weight in a study patients given this weekly injection of the drug let's let's butcher this name 
Somoglitude, somoglitude, which is normally used for diabetes patients in small doses, experience the average of 33-pound weight loss during a 15-month trial after 68 weeks of treatment with the drug, which suppresses the appetite due to the variety of effects of the brain. Participants lost the average of 14, 14.9% of their body weight. This makes the drug twice as effective as the existing weight loss medication and approaches the next level of efficiency of surgical intervention, according to researchers from the University of Cambridge, who developed the treatment. The study participants reported that the, while smelling, losing the weight, it was effortless. Oh, the bad news is once the, the trial ended, their regular appetite returned. Side effects include pancre uh, pancreatitis, mood swings, and not being able to pronounce the drug that you're on. I mean, I kind of figured that was going to happen because I, I couldn't even say the damn word. It's not only <laughs> as an injection because no patients had an appetite to take it orally. So that was the other thing. And oh, well, I guess for me, for sure, it's, you know, a surefire weight loss method is coffee and, you know, in my cooking. I mean, if I don't want to eat, I just have to cook something and that will definitely change the way that I want to take a look at some of those things. The Motivation Minute is courtesy of BetterCreditCards.com. There's an anonymous quote that says, good things come to people who wait, but better things come to those who go out and get them. I've met people like that. People who want to just wait for the perfect time to start something. They wait. They adjust things. They tweak little things. They adjust other things. Meanwhile, their competitor actually does something and then their competitor wins. Even if their competitor has an inferior concept. You can have a better idea, but if you never share it with the world, you're not going to succeed. Remember the old adage, ready, aim, fire? Do it in that order. But keep moving forward. Not ready, aim, 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 aim. You know, you get the idea. You have to fire. Don't overthink things. Get out there and do them. This has been today's Motivation Minute, courtesy of BetterCreditCards.com. I'm John Small. Thanks for listening. You can find more, and you can submit your favorite quotes at MotivationMinute.org. I'm a trial lawyer. I'm not part of your family, and I don't do skits with my mom. I'm a real lawyer, a damn good lawyer, the best lawyer this state has to offer. And I've built a reputation for standing up for the people of this country, righting the wrongs. You may not agree with all of my views, but when it comes to trying cases, there's only one view, justice. And justice is what I get. Figer Law. That's why we're unstoppable. We are now video streaming the Rated R Safety Show. I don't know why our host has a face for radio. Rated R Safety Show. Okay, so let's have some opinions out there in the box this morning. Let's talk about it now that they're... <laughs> now that you're almost used to wearing a mask to protect yourself from COVID-19, do you feel... How do you feel about wearing not one, but two? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about not wearing... Not one, but two masks. Let's talk about that real quick. The Center of Disease Control and Prevention says that wearing two masks decreases aerosols by about 95%. Wearing one mask was found to block about 40%, while researchers found that wearing a cloth mask over a surgical one or wearing a tight-fitting mask found that it provides significantly better protection against airborne viruses such as SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19. Adding... Adding a mass-fitting device of a nylon covering, both of which help better seal off the sides, can help. Can also help. There you go. Uh, the, the goal behind wearing the second mask and fitting them securely is to direct airflow to the mask. And then, of course, rather than allowing aerosols to leak around. So what do you think about that? What do you think about wearing the two? Are we going to start calling people who wear two masks multi-maskers? I'm just asking the question, of course. Would this make me? Would this make my crazy Uncle Larry an anti-anti-masker? No, seriously. Do you become an anti-anti-masker now if you turn around and do that? I mean, I'm just asking. I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah, that sounded good. I'm asking for a friend. I need to have a better understanding of it. But how do you look at it? I mean, seriously. The two mask thing, because then it, I think about this a lot, like the razor thing. Do you have a razor with one blade? No. Now you need a razor with two. Not just with two. How about a razor with three blades? Oh, no. 
not just three, but how about four? I mean, how many masks are we going to need here? Because I'm going to tell you, a few day, a few weeks ago, we did the mask from CES, and we kind of showed that one and talked about it. Oh, my God. I love that mask. But now if you're telling me I had to double mask that thing, I mean, that's going to potentially be a problem. That's for sure. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Okay, so let me tell you about this because it's about to happen here in a little bit. At 6 a.m. Mountain, Mountain Standard Time, so in about 13 minutes, the buzzer was expected to sound at the outdoor rink near Edmonton AB, ending the world's longest longest ever hockey game after 252 hours. 252 hours, 10.5 days. What was made was it was it made it even more amazing, achieving the 40 players taking part of a six to eight hour shifts, and the fact of the area amazing achievement of the 40 players. So there you go, and the fact of the area is that. In the midst of the bone-chilling cold snap, that's the amazing part, they have been playing in temperatures that have dropped as low as minus 67 degrees Fahrenheit with the wind with the windshield. Even the founder, Brank Salek, says that playing in these conditions have been terrible. With the, puck shat- the pucks have been shattering, skate blades have been breaking, mass falling off. Falling off as <laughs> mass falling off as glue lets lets go and the goalie pads cracking in the cold. Participants aiming to raise one point five million dollars to fund cancer research at the University of Alberta. I mean that's committed to your craft there. On the other hand, their equipment doesn't smell nearly as bad as it usually does, so I guess that's kind of in the plus column. And then the other thing is no trouble keeping the ice in good shape. I mean that was going to be kind of a kind of a uh, an easy thing to do, that's for sure. And then it, the only time to, the, to warm up is after the game because you're definitely not doing it during the game. During the game. So there you go. That's a lot of stuff going on right there inside of the world. So let's talk about it because you know where we're going to have to get to the swamp. Oh, wrong one. We have to get to the swamp. The swamp. We have to talk about what is going on in the swamp today. So it is time. Let's talk about it relatively quick here. So here we go. The Senate acquitted former President Trump on charges of insurrection Saturday, marking the shortest presidential impeachment trial in history. Yes, in history. Seven Republicans broke party ranks. One surprised vote came from North. Car- One surprise vote came from North Carolina. Richard Burr, who voted that the trial itself was unconstitutional, but then voted to convict, but also announced that he's not pursuing re-election. There was some excitement in <laughs> in the hours before the final vote when Democrats were pushing to call witness after party leadership agreed not to. The move was would prolong the proceeding indefinitely, but that move eventually crumbled. Yeah, crumbled. Let's do it. Crumbled. Following his acquittal, Trump issued a statement that read in part as this. It is sad commentary on our times that one political party in America is given a free pass to denigrate the rule of law, defame law enforcement, cheer mobs, excuse rioters and transform justice into a tool of political vengeance and prosecute blacklist cancel and suppress all people and viewpoints with whom which they disagree meanwhile att- trump's attorneys <laughs> trump's attorneys homes were vandalized after the acquittal the word traitor was sprayed on sprayed on spray painted not sprayed on spray painted on the driveway of the guy that lives outside of philadelphia I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I there's a lot of stuff I don't get, but I don't get I don't get the whole thing. I don't get it. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion there. Let's talk about the trade. I mean, when I'm saying I don't get it, let's talk about the trader thing cuz what the what the freak is the point there? It's not going to change anything. I mean, vandalizing people's stuff is not going to help stuff, but then you have to look at the whole other aspect of the insurrection, and that's going to be an opinion-based question is the way that you have to look at it, too. There's 10,000 different viewpoints. There's millions of different viewpoints when it comes to that, and I don't like talking about the swamp. Let's continue anyways. President Joe Biden made his first move on major gun regulation on Sunday, the third anniversary of the Parkland school shooting. In a statement, he called 
for university background, you know, well, university, universal background checks at the end, at the end of the sale of assault weapons and the end of legal immunity for gun manufacturers. So there you go. That's what he talked about going on there. Okay, let's continue talking. While New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was writing a book about his leadership during the pandemic, he was actively hiding the number of people who were dying in nursing homes. While the media was holding holding him up on a pedestal and the efficacy of his draconian Soviet-style lockdown People were dying by the thousands, and the government wasn't releasing the data. An an administration official said that they used stall tactics to push back formal requests for the data by the New York State's legislators. CNN reports that Cuomo administration didn't didn't want whatever was told to the lawmakers to be used against him in any way. CNN also reported that this revelation suggests that Cuomo's administration may not have dealt as effectively with the coronavirus pandemic as initially believed. CNN can report this information. CNN can report this because Cuomo is no longer needed to foil. What? Okay, whatever. No, whatever. I'm not saying that part. That's stupid. Okay, so let's continue. Uh, let's continue real quick. Let's talk about the lottery because this is going to be important. No winner for Friday night's. Mega Million Drawing, Tuesday's drawing will be for $96 million jackpot or $69.4 million cash payout. No winner for Saturday night's Powerball Drawing, Wednesday's drawing will be for $66 million jackpot or a $48.3 million cash payout. Anyways, let's talk about the top five movies inside of the box office over the weekend. At the number five spot was The Marksman with $1.1 million. At number four, Wonder Woman with $1.3 million. And number three, the Little Things with $1.9 million. And number two, the, the Judas and the Black Messiah, $2 million. And at the number one spot was The Crude's New Age. There you go. And that was with $2.1 million. So there you go. A lot of stuff going on inside of the box office. If you're interested in that kind of thing, that is for sure. Anyways, if you want to come out and hang out with us, come and do so. We'll be coming up to the rated, or not the rated R, the Radio Big at the top of the hour. You can come hang out with us at radiobig.fm. So let's talk about what happened yesterday during lap 14 of the Daytona 500, a 16-car wreck havoc on the track. Thankfully, the drivers appeared to escape with only minor injuries. The crash caused the red flag stoppage, which was followed by storms and further delay of the race. So there you go. There you go. That's some stuff. How do you get out of that one? Uh, So there you go. So let's talk about some things that happened back on this date. So let's take a look at it. Back in 2011, President Barack Obama awards writer and activist Maya Angelou. 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 Apparently, I'm learning how to read. Angelou. The Presidential Medal of Freedom. That was back in 2011. Anyways, let's talk about some birthdays that are going on today. Mega Mega The Stallion turns 26 today. Amber Riley turns 35. Birdman turns 52. Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour turns 70 today. And Jane Janice Dickinson. Janice Dickinson's turns 66. Wow. What the hell, dude? What is going on? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Okay, so let's talk about it real quick. Couple of things. Number one, let me tell you the most important thing that I'll tell you during the whole show. You ready for this? Yeah, I hope you are, because I'm about to share it with you. If you're suffering from any sides, signs of depression or contemplating about committing suicide, I want you to call my friends. I don't want you to do anything until you call my friends. And those are my friends at the Suicide Prevention Lifeline.org. They're the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They are available at 1-800-273-TALK. That is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They are committed to improving Crisis services and advancing suicide prevention by empowering individuals, advancing professionals, best practices, and building awareness. If you don't want to do the phone call, you can do the chat box on their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. That's suicidepreventionlifeline.org, just in case. Anyway, so let's go through it one more time as we get to the end of this thing. And you and I take our separate ways unless you come and hang out with me on RadioBig.fm. 
So here you go. Here's some slices of BS for you for today. The 19th season of American Idol is underway. Some thought that American Idol would would die off last year. Yeah, seriously. It's not only stayed alive, but wound up being more entertaining than ever. It's a reality TV version of Betty White. Today is President's Day, or as Donald Trump calls it, it's Monday. I just read that, oh my God. I just read that sex biochemically no different than eating large quantities of chocolate. True. Nine months later, you've never had to explain the slip, how you slipped your, how you slipped on that chocolate. A man has turned dead. Oh my God. A man has turned his dead uncle's skeleton into a guitar. Every, every song he plays is by ear. Hustler Magazine founder Larry Flint Jr. died on Wednesday at 78. His body was cremated and then quickly stuffed under the mattress before mom came into the mom came home. Who says these things? That's terrible. Okay, so here you go. Let me give you a random joke for today. You really don't realize how weird your friends are until you start to describe them to someone else. If you need a phone starter for today, try this one. If you could have 50 pounds of anything besides money, what would you choose? If you need a question for the water cooler, try this one. When it comes to li- when it comes to the living room, 43% of families adhere to this. What? Assigned seating. So there you go. Anyways, thank you for listening to the Rated R Safety Show exclusively on safetyfm.com and radiobig.com or radiobig.fm, better saying. Safety FM is the home of real safety talk. Anyways, the best part of Safety FM, as always, is you, the listener. Anyways, if I can leave you with a thought for today, I would love to leave you with this one. You can learn a lot from your mistakes when you aren't busy denying them. Think about it in that fashion. Anyways, I know who you are. You know who I am. Love you, mean it, and goodbye. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.